Welcome to Beauty and Mr. B. I'm Mr. B. I've been thinking a lot lately about what might be of value for me and possibly for you as we embark upon the year 2022. I want to apologize. I would have published this episode last month in January, but unfortunately my wife Nancy and I both came down with COVID. Oh well. This past year was an especially difficult one for so many of the people I know, with many feeling isolated, alone, separated from others, living within the unjust constraints of institutional systems that at best seem unable, despite good intentions, to right the ship of society, and at worst, don't seem to care all that much about what's best for the mass of humanity. Where does all this leave us as we think about how we might approach the new year? Well, that's what I was wondering when a thought emerged for me. Rather than focus on what I lack, on what I want but don't have, on all that's wrong in the world, perhaps I might call to remembrance all that, in fact, I do have, everything that unasked life continues to provide. Today, I'd like to share one worthwhile resource I ran across in my search to remember all the precious gifts that we receive every day, each moment, right now in this life. In this episode, I will recite on our behalf the Thanksgiving address of the Onondaga Nation of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. As I understand it, these indigenous peoples stand and offer the following words of gratitude whenever and wherever they gather, no matter how many or how few may be present before anything else is done. These, therefore, have come to be known as the, quote, words that come before all else. Ready? Quote, Today we have gathered, and when we look upon the faces around us, we see that the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now let us bring our minds together as one, as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people, everyone in unison. Now our minds are one. We are thankful to our mother, the earth, for she gives us everything that we need for life. She supports our feet as we walk about upon her. It gives us joy that she still continues to care for us, just as she has from the beginning of time. To our mother, we send thanksgiving, love, and respect everyone. Now our minds are one. We give thanks to all of the waters of the world for quenching our thirst, for providing strength and nurturing life for all beings. We know its power in many forms, waterfalls and rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans, snow and ice. We are grateful that the waters are still here and meeting their responsibility 
to the rest of creation. Can we agree that water is important to our lives and bring our minds together as one to send greetings and thanks to the water? Now our minds are one. We turn our thoughts to all of the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that they continue to do their duties and we send to the fish our greetings and our thanks. Now our minds are one. Now we turn toward the vast fields of plant life. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow, working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, we give thanks and look forward to seeing plant life for many generations to come. Now our minds are one. When we look about us, we see that the berries are still here, providing us with delicious foods. The leader of the berries is the strawberry, the first to ripen in the spring. Can we agree that we are grateful that the berries are with us in this world and send our thanksgiving, love, and respect to the berries? Now our minds are one. With one mind, we honor and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden, especially the three sisters who feed the people with such abundance. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans, and fruit have helped the people survive. Many other living things draw strength from them as well. We gather together in our minds all the plant foods and send them a greeting and thanks. Now our minds are one. Now we turn to the medicine herbs of the world. From the beginning they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are so happy that there are still among us those precious few who remember how to use the plants for healing. With one mind, we send thanksgiving love and respect to the medicines and the keepers of the medicines. Now our minds are one. Standing around us, we see all the trees. The earth has many families of trees who each have their own instructions and uses. Some provide shelter and shade, others fruit and beauty and many useful gifts. The maple is the leader of the trees to recognize its gift of sugar when the people need it most. Many peoples of the world recognize a tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we greet and thank the tree life. Now, our minds are one. We gather our minds together to send our greetings and thanks to all the beautiful animal life of the world who walk about with us. 
They have many things to teach us as people. We are grateful that they continue to share their lives with us and hope that it will always be so. Let us put our minds together as one and send our thanks to the animals. Now our minds are one. We put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who move and fly about over our heads. The Creator gave them the gift of beautiful songs. Each morning they greet the day and with their songs remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle was chosen to be their leader and to watch over the world to all the birds. From the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanks. Now our minds are one. We are thankful to the powers we know as the four winds. We hear their voices in the moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help to bring the change of seasons. From the four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and thanks to the four winds. Now our minds are one. Now we turn to the west where our grandfathers, the thunder beings, live. With lightning and thundering voices, they bring with them the water that renews life. We bring our minds together as one to send greetings and thanks to our grandfathers, the thunderers. We now send greetings and thanks to our eldest brother, the sun. Each day without fail, he travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of a new day. He is the source of all the fires of life. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our brother, the sun. Now our minds are one. We put our minds together and give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon, who lights the nighttime sky. She is the leader of women all over the world and she governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time, and it is the moon who watches over the arrival of children here on earth. Let us gather our thanks for Grandmother Moon together in a pile, layer upon layer of gratitude, and then joyfully fling that pile of thanks high into the night sky that she will know. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our grandmother, the moon. We give thanks to the stars who are spread across the sky like jewelry. We see them at night, helping the moon to light the darkness and bring dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home. With our minds gathered as one, we send greetings and thanks to all the stars. Now our minds are one. We gather our minds to greet and thank the enlightened teachers 
who have come to help throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we were instructed to live as people. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to these caring teachers. Now our minds are one. We now turn our thoughts to the Creator or Great Spirit and send greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on Mother Earth. For all the love that is still around us, we gather our minds together as one and send our choicest words of greetings and thanks to the Creator. Now our minds are one. We have now arrived at the place where we end our words. Of all the things we have named, it is not our intention to leave anything out. If something was forgotten, we leave it to each individual to send such greetings and thanks in their own way. And now our minds are one. End quote. Please understand, dear listeners, that the actual words of the Thanksgiving address can vary considerably from speaker to speaker. This particular reading is from the version of John Stokes, which, as I understand it, has been in wide circulation since 1993, for close to 30 years. I found the text of this meditation within an essay, Allegiance of Gratitude, by Robin Wall Kimmerer, in her 2013 collection entitled Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. This whole series of essays, by the way, was well worth my time and effort. Since I stumbled onto this essay, I've wondered what is it about the words that come before all else that have drawn me in toward them and keep me coming back time and time again. Another way of framing my question might be, what exactly is the beauty of these indigenous words? I've opened to these questions, and though I'm not quite sure that what I've received is the only possible way of knowing, an understanding has emerged from my heart. Here's the short answer. The beauty of this allegiance of gratitude is that throughout, its verses remain both simple and profound. Yes, simple and profound. Please, allow me to explain. Let's start with the idea of simplicity. So much of modern life is complex. It's a style of life that over time seems only to become more and more complicated. Just consider how many things appear on your to-do list today. The more we must do and keep on doing just to stay afloat, right now, Today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, every day, the more complex our lives become. Plus, I'm afraid that in an age characterized 
by the never-ending assault of digital information, what we have to do seems only to increase beyond the arithmetic into the exponential. The ever-increasing quantity of demands on our time, attention, and energy means for each of us that we must constantly be striving for greater and greater efficiency. We need to continually accomplish more and more in less and less time. This becomes the overriding objective of everything. Efficiency, no matter how unrealistic, irrational, and unrealizable such a goal might in fact be. Whenever a given task requires more time than we expect or a lot, which must inevitably happen, not only do we consider this to be a failure on our own parts, but even more, we now feel more overwhelmed than ever. Now we have even less time to accomplish each of the too many tasks that still remain on our list of things to do. Perhaps the last thing we might call modern life would be profound. Quite the opposite. A better term to understand ordinary life today, defined primarily in relation to efficiency, might be shallow or superficial. The more my sole and exclusive focus becomes completing each assigned task more quickly, the less likely it will be that my life experience could fairly be described in terms of quality. The less time I spend on more tasks, the more likely it will be that eventually my life will turn into one gigantic rush. The constant and chronic anxiety of life centered on nothing but quantity, the production of more. Everything we do within the culture of efficiency, which today dominates the world's corporate structures, yes, everything works to lower the quality of each life experience. It's even worse. The more efficient, meaning successful, I become within this corporate pretense, the less and less my life can truly be understood in terms of quality. The short and shorter lifespan of each experience for those lucky enough to win in this unjust and oppressive construct can lead only to a life that increasingly must, by definition, become more and more superficial. I find it ironic that the most so-called successful people I know are usually the ones who, as a rule, have nothing truly profound to contribute. My sense is that the complex and shallow nature of modern life is what draws me toward and keeps me coming back to the power of this indigenous gratitude. The sacred words of this devotion suggest a depth, width, and height of meaning that helps to deepen, widen, and elevate my being. Let me take one example. The expression of thanks to the waters of the world, which appears near the start of the words that come before all else. Here in this prayer is expressed thanks that all the waters of the world are still, quote, 
meeting their responsibility to the rest of creation, unquote. Thanks that the waters of the world are still, quote, meeting their responsibility to the rest of creation, unquote. I cannot speak for you, but I do know for me that until I sat with these words and allowed them into my heart, I never perceived of water as having responsibility, any responsibility, obligation for anyone or anything, much less to the whole of creation. There's something profound in these words, something worth sitting with, absorbing into our souls, thinking all the way through. This spiritual knowledge has encouraged me, for one, to consider the question of responsibility itself. Like many of us, much of my life has been spent in consideration of me and my freedoms. How can I be more and more free to do whatever it is that in this moment I may want? This meditation on the responsibilities of water suggests that perhaps, just maybe, I might be getting life all wrong. Perhaps I should be thinking less and less on me and my individual freedoms, me getting what I want, and begin to devote more of my time, attention, and energy in consideration of what responsibilities I may have to support the lives of others, what obligations I may have to support the life of creation itself. That's what water does, don't you think? It supports the continuing existence and development of life itself. Maybe, if I were to become less focused on me, and more focused, like water, on what I can give to others, the quality of my own life would improve dramatically. In giving, my life would become one filled with greater meaning and purpose. This, I believe, my friends, is truly profound. These few words, too, have been spoken with an incredibly attractive sense of simplicity. You don't need a college degree to understand the words that come before all else. You don't need to become expert or even conversant in philosophy, theology, or the physical sciences to decipher what is profound and beautiful in these words. You don't need to read books not even a single book, to access the wellspring of knowledge that naturally rises from deep within the Thanksgiving address. These words are so simple. Quote, we are grateful that the waters are still here and meeting their responsibility to the rest of creation. End quote. That's it. Two phrases, one sentence, no words that require technical training or academic knowledge. Prolonged and extended attention? No, they're not required. Anyone and everyone have full and immediate access to all the wisdoms here. Octogenarians and three-year-olds, women and men, grandparents, parents and children, friends and enemies, souls of every color, shape and size. Yes, everyone. That's one of the many powers of simplicity. I am drawn to the beauty of brevity, 
simplicity that does not take away from meaning, but instead serves to deepen and elevate my appreciation for what it means to be fully human. So much meaning is available in so few words, wisdom so wide, deep, and high, that no matter how long I may ponder on the beauty of this phrase about the responsibilities of water, no matter how old and knowledgeable I might become, no matter how many college degrees I accumulate, No matter how many essays I may write or podcasts I publish, there will always be more for me to learn through this simplicity because of the beauty of this simplicity. The infinite meanings of these few words leave me in a state of wonder, humble at the feet of knowledge and wisdom, low in a posture of seeking understanding as I submit the whole of my being unto a process of learning that will not and cannot ever end. These simple and creative words allow me to better understand how to live. Bow deeply in worship at the altar of truth, humbly seeking to remain always within an open and receptive posture of learning living within what is simple and profound, in submission to the very highest truths, I am certain that my soul will continue to develop and grow. From this place I can look forward to tomorrow, knowing in my heart that there will always be more for me to learn, that perhaps there might still be more I can contribute to the lives of family, friends, community, and society. Living within the beauty of simplicity, simply put, is in itself the foundation of a life that can truly become profound. You can find the text of this Thanksgiving address on my website, beautymrb.org. Please, Feel free to print it, meditate upon these words, and share this profound simplicity with everyone you know. I pray that this short introduction will inspire you to make this indigenous wisdom in your own life words that do come before all else. Until we meet again, dear brothers and sisters, My greatest hope for us is this, peace.